Welcome to Fresh Take, where we at Florida Organic Growers speak to food systems experts about topics related to organic and sustainable agriculture, healthy lifestyles, and the environment. To help us continue our programs at FOG, including our podcast, consider becoming a sponsor. For more information on sponsorship, check out our Get Involved page on our website, www.foginfo.org. Welcome, everyone, to our latest episode of Fresh Take. I am your host, Lana Shahabuddin, and joining me today is Anne Yasalonis, the Residential Horticulture Agent and Master Gardener Volunteer Coordinator at the University of Florida in Polk County. She'll be speaking with us today about vegetable gardening for the spring season and tips we all need to know for growing food. Welcome, Anne, to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And I am so eager to pick your brain on the subject as I have recently gathered the courage to start my own herb and vegetable garden after one failed attempt long, long ago. So today I am all ears and I'd love to know, you know, first, what motivated you to get into gardening and how did you go about pursuing this field? Yeah, I mean, there's no great answer. I didn't really do much gardening growing up or anything like that. I kind of went into a college um, interested in sort of an environmental field and somehow ended up in the, the horticulture department, which I love and have since, you know, stayed in that related field. So I do have my undergraduate in horticulture and my graduate degree in agronomy. So all of those, you know, gardening related things for sure. And I actually started um, with UFI Fist Extension in 2002 as the Florida Friendly Landscaping Program Coordinator, and then actually got the position of Residential Horticulture Extension Agent and Master Gardener Volunteer Coordinator in 2016. So I've been in this office for quite some time. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I love that you stumbled upon gardening a little bit later in life and you kind of discovered it as something you'd like to do because I mean for someone that's new to gardening or hasn't even gardened before it's it is a pretty intimidating thing I think um, so to know that someone like yourself is a you know master gardener and has been doing it for not your whole life is kind of encouraging for some people I think yeah I think it can be hard we we do master gardener training in our county, uh, usually every other year. And we got a lot of master gardener um, trainees that say, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I don't know enough. And I said, well, I think the main thing is that you realize that you're going to now learn where to go for answers and that there's always something new to learn and something's always changing. So, you know, it's just a field where you never will know everything. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And yeah, definitely seeking perfection is, is not possible. But, but um, I want to know what what does a typical day look like for you? You know, how what are the skills also that you learned along the way that have helped you to get to where you are now? I think one of the main skills that's really helped me is just kind of being able to be really organized and manage myself because I have goals and objectives that I set for my program, but no one is telling me how to do those. I have to figure that out myself. So uh, I like that. And, you know, no typical day is ever the same. Um, so I have a workshop tomorrow and I spent most of today picking up plants, gathering supplies, 
I've got to print copies and talk to my volunteers that are helping me tomorrow. And then some days I'm in the office, you know, writing up a blog post or article or working on a report or tabulating data. So, I mean, it's all over the place. Right. Well, that's, that sounds fun and dynamic. It's always good to have some, you know, changes in your day. But is there uh, specific services that you provide working with UF IFAS in Polk County? Yeah. So um, with my program, um, Residential Horticulture, underneath that program or kind of in my area is um, the Master Gardener Volunteer Program. So I train and develop those volunteers. And we have about 80 um, in our county. And oh, they wow. actually, yeah, it's a great uh, group. It's a great social group for them, um, but also a great uh, resource for the county because otherwise it would be just me out there trying to reach all of our residents. And so the Master Gardener volunteers, they actually staff our plant clinic Monday through Friday. So it's a resource that a resident could walk in, call, email with any and all gardening related questions. That's awesome. So yeah, that's a really big service that, I mean, most extension services offer to their residents um, in whatever county a person might live in. Gotcha. Okay. So what does, what, what exactly do you love about your role besides getting to work with different volunteers and enable residents of Florida to actually have working functioning gardens? Is there something that you, you know, look forward to coming to work every day? Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoy that it's different every day. I really like the fact that I get to take research-backed uh, science from the University of Florida, um, so trusted information and help change the lives of residents in the county. And I know gardening might not seem big, but it is to some people. And, of course. Um, you know, making that difference and helping them out is is great. And so those social interactions that come about through education are, are really, you know, make you feel good. I love that. I mean, the fact that you guys can go out in the community and just provide, you know, equip people with the knowledge, the tools to utilize the resources they have around them is just such a fantastic idea. And, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty of gardening, it seems like some people are naturally inclined for growing food and maintaining a healthy garden. Like, for instance, my mother has the greenest thumb I think I've ever seen. And every time a plant of mine um, doesn't make it, I bring it back to her and somehow she brings it back to life. So what are some skills you think every gardener needs to have in their tool belt, whether they're more naturally inclined or not? Well, I think it really depends on you know, what, what you're talking about in the, the horticulture field, because there's so many, you know, ways of gardening, whether it's house plants or vegetables or, you know, landscape plants, pollinator gardens. You know, if you think to researchers at the university level, they are specializing in very specific fields, maybe just, you know, broadleaf weeds um, or turf grass for yards. So <laughs> to be be a, a you know a green thumb or excellent at all of these types of of horticulture is just pretty impossible and maybe there's some that you you know prefer to do um, over others and so then maybe in those specific areas you you know do the research and learn more and so again I think 
a really important thing for someone to have is that willingness to learn. Um, there's always something new and being aware of those changes. And that can always really ha- help them be more successful as a home uh, gardener. And, you know, it always helps to have a really good pair of gloves <laughs> and good oh, yeah. sharp, sterilized pruners when you're outside as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great to know. And as I've, I've heard this from several people who garden, but <laughs> someone once told me that you need to talk to your plants. And personally, I don't have any pet animals except for my plant pets. So I'm wondering, is this something that you actually do in terms of, you know, having this uh, connection to your plants that you're growing? I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing, right? To talk <laughs> to your plants. It sounds a little bit better than, than saying you're talking to yourself sometimes. I'm not sure. Right? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like I was talking to someone recently about that and they were talking about the relationship of music and plants and that sort of thing. And oh, I yes. said, hey, whatever works for you. I mean, I don't know if there's research behind it, but um, there is nothing wrong with that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that might turn into a separate podcast topic. So oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely look into that. But um, I'd love to talk further with you about you know, laying down the groundwork for establishing a spring garden in Florida. And I'm curious to know, for someone starting out new, what should they know in terms of site selection, especially when it comes to, you know, limited space, living in an apartment, or, you know, not having a, your own backyard? Um, yeah, and site selection will really be dependent on where you live. I mean, if you live in an apartment, you can grow a garden. It's just going to be different than someone that's got acreage or a backyard or whatever it is. And for me, I would suggest that the site is near a water source and it's an easy place for you to access in terms of maintenance and harvesting. It's just those couple things will make it a lot easier to have a successful garden. You don't have to go out and, you know, look for a watering can or a tool or, you know, traits through the yard to, to find something, you know, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those are, are, are big, uh, important things for site selection. And then, you know, whatever system works best for what you want to grow. So you can grow in the ground. You'll probably need to get a soil pH test and add some organic matter. You can also grow in raised beds or containers or pots or any other type of you know, something elevated or, or whatever that might be. Right. Now, is there a difference between, you know, choosing one of those formats as far as like your your garden goes in terms of the raised bed or a pot or even just utilizing the land in your backyard? Like, is there differences in optimal growth for these, like for growing vegetables, you think? No, I think it just depends on what you're growing. And how much space you have. So, you know, you may want to grow seminal pumpkins, but you only have room for a, you know, 24 inch container. Well, that's probably not going to work for you. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And as far as folks that already have an established garden that they are growing throughout the year, in terms of the spring season, are there changes they need to make to their soil and fertilizer in order to provide optimal conditions as well? I would say when you're getting started with your vegetable garden, no matter what what season it is, you know, probably the planning would be the same. So checking your soil pH is always good before you get started with a new planting season. 
Um, and so for vegetables, your pH should be between five and a half and seven. And usually the um, master gardener volunteers in the plant clinics at your extension service can offer those um, pH tests for you or the soils lab also offers those tests through the University of Florida. And so um, determine that pH and if, you know, you can add lime to raise pH if you need to, but um, there's not a lot you can do to lower a high pH. And then just during the growing season, it's really the the best thing to do is just follow best management practices for healthy crops. So that means just like in a landscape, you want to control weeds, keep rows clean, limit water getting on leaf surfaces, purchase healthy plants to start with, maybe even planting a pollinator garden nearby so you get some of those beneficial insects that might help with pest control. Mm, Yes. So all of that general um, maintenance sort of thing is really important getting started in throughout that gardening season. Well, okay. Yeah, there's a, a lot of factors to consider there. And you mentioned, you know, choosing a healthy plant. Is there, you know, when you're going to, when you're trying to plant a new vegetable, do you have any suggestions as far as utilizing actual seeds versus buying a plant that's saying that's let's say is already growing you know in a small pot in Home Depot is there you know different likelihood for success if you're trying to grow your own vegetables yeah and the main thing to remember well there's there's probably two things so one thing to remember about seeds versus transplants is that some vegetables do best when they're directly sown into the garden by seeds And some do best when they're started as transplants. So, for example, uh, beans and peas do really well if you directly sow the seed. And by directly sow, I mean like the seed is going into the place where the plant will then grow. Right. And then tomatoes or peppers might be something you would purchase as a transplant. And so we have some publications through UFIFAS that can help you out as far as what what to, to start from what. And then also depend, you know, in the growing season, you know, if you're, we're actually coming up on the tail end of, of spring gardening. So it's pretty late to start seeds, but you could probably do some transplants of things. So if you're starting off early, you might have more time to get those, those vegetables to harvest by using seed. Right. Okay. Good point. And then as far as the, you know, increase in temperature, and sunlight during the spring months, especially transitioning from the winter. Not that we have huge variations in the state of Florida, but what are what are some things to consider for people who are will, wanting to plant in terms of um, water preservation while you know trying to grow a healthy garden at the same time? Yeah, and the the nice thing about gardening in the warmer months, once the rainy season starts, is that we do have do have frequent rainfall so then you don't have to rely as much on you know supplemental irrigation from a hose or, or whatever it might be but then it's also tricky too because then the plants do have more susceptibility to fungal issues disease and that sort of thing <laughs> right really just keeping an eye on the plants to know if they need that that supplemental water or not is really important at all times of the year mm-hmm. so Using that important tool at the end of your hand, your finger, to feel the soil is is really helpful. 
definitely that is something that I've been using a lot mm -hmm. to see if the soil particles stick to my finger um, yeah. and is there are there signs that you look for in a plant that show if it's um, in need of water or if it's battling some kind of pest in terms of the yellowing of the plant I mean I know this might vary from plant to plant but in general are there typical signs that let you know that something's wrong? Yeah. And so one of the most important things you can do, particularly with vegetables, just because they tend to be a bit more high maintenance than other plants, is just to get out there and look at your plants. And that's actually called scouting. And it's a tool that's part of what's called the IPM toolbox. And IPM stands for Integrated Pest Management. And pests could be like insects or disease. And so we always say toolbox in that there's tools in your toolbox. And, you know, that doesn't mean there's always one solution for every yellow leaf. You need to kind of figure out why that leaf is yellow mm. and then select that appropriate tool to manage whatever that, that issue is. So learning about those, that IPM toolbox is, is really helpful. So going out there and taking a look, um, trying to, to see if there's an issue early so the more frequently you're going out there and looking at plants, the more likely you are to catch something before it's, you know, the plant is dead or it's really horrible and you can't manage it anymore. And that's always a frustrating feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So get out there, look at them often. If you see something and you're not really sure what it is, um, leaf spots, insects, you know, is this insect good or bad? I can't tell because some of them are good and they might be eating, you know, aphids or whatever it is that were right. bothering you. Take some really good photos and send those into your local extension plant clinic and they can tell you, hey, that's ladybug larvae. You know, they're eating aphids. That's great that they're on your plants or, uh oh, looks like you have, you know, powdery mildew. This is what you can, you, you know, utilize. Yeah, that's a great resource. Is that available to any resident in the Florida state to send in photos or things like that? Yeah, so they would just need to locate their county extension service and the plant clinic, whomever might be handling that. And they would then accept photos uh, and take a look and, and identify. And we have great resources either in research centers or up at, uh, at the University in Gainesville. If we don't know what it might be, they are there to help us. So we can really assist you. We, you know, we hate for someone to have to go out and spend a lot of money on various pesticides or try different things and have it not work. Right. So if they can send us a picture and we can say, yep, that's what it is. Give this a try or, you know, that sort of thing. Perfect. Well, that's great to know. And as far as the, you know, the best suited vegetables for the springtime in Florida, are there certain varieties that you think grow the best here? Yeah, the, the best place to find uh, vegetable varieties for Florida is um, in the Florida Vegetable Gardening Guide, and that's on the UF IFAS website. It's called Ask IFAS, and um, someone can just even Google, you know, Florida Vegetable Gardening Guide, and that is the greatest resource for a vegetable gardener in the state. Um, and so there's a table in there that goes from you know, A to Z vegetables. Now it's not going to have every single vegetable imaginable, but most vegetables that can be grown in Florida are listed with the um, varieties that can be grown in Florida. So that'll help you when you go 
to the nursery and select your seeds or vegetable starts, you can make sure that you're selecting those varieties that are known to do well in Florida. Oh, perfect. Thank you for mentioning that. And as far as the native vegetables, uh, native vegetable plants, are there any in Florida that people might find to be a surprise to them that grow well in this climate? I'm pretty sure that these are native. There's, I guess, some argument, but Seminole pumpkins are one that I always recommend to people. They're about the only pumpkin you'll be able to grow in Florida. But if you've seen them at farmer's markets or anything before, they're kind of a really light orange and they have a very smooth flesh. They can be grown all through the summer from seed very easily. So if you know someone that has grown seminal pumpkins before and they have the seeds to share, Mm -hmm. you know, grab a couple. Um, The most important thing to remember is seminal pumpkins, like a lot of space. So they're a vining pumpkin, you know, like you'd see in a pumpkin patch. But if you let them grow, they'll they'll produce a lot of pumpkins and they are very tasty as well. So I always encourage people to try uh, seminal pumpkins. And then some other kind of unique things that we encourage Florida gardeners to try are um, the Everglades tomato and mm. the daddle pepper as well. Wow. Oh, I, I definitely am shocked to know that seminal pumpkins are native to Florida. That is really interesting information because I love pumpkins. (laughs) Yeah. And these taste, oh, they taste really good. (laughs) Wow. And you said Everglades tomatoes and what were the peppers? The daddle peppers. They're the little tiny peppers. And actually the tomatoes are too. The Everglades tomatoes are little teeny tiny tomatoes and they can be grown all summer. Both of them can be grown. Well, all three of them can be grown all summer. Wow. Okay, well, this is really great information. <laughs> um, is there a specific vegetable that is your favorite to grow? I grow herbs because they are something that I frequently use, and I can really save a lot of money if I grow them. There's not a lot of vegetables that you can grow that would say, yes, I've saved tons of money growing tomatoes, because sometimes you put a lot of money into them. Right. But if you bought herbs at the grocery store, you know how much they cost and you know how they can go bad so quickly. So I grow herbs. I can go out and get them when I need them. I don't have to, you know, pick too much, that sort of thing. The freshest and the least amount of food waste. And I use kind of that sort of principle when, you know, people wonder what they should start growing. So I always say, you know, start small and maybe focus on growing something that might offset your grocery bill or something that you really love to eat. And that's, you know, that's what I suggest to people. Great. Well, I I definitely start with herbs myself because as you just said, they are they do seem to be the, the least maintenance, I think. Um in addition to like succulents, I would say. <laughs> but are there in terms of cuz I know your focus is central Florida, are there certain varieties or even not not just vegetables, any kinds of foods that grow best you think in different parts of Florida because I know we have kind of the same similar landscape across the state but also varying factors um, with climate and stuff so is there changes in terms of um, what foods might grow best in those areas yeah and so um, again this is where the Florida vegetable gardening guide will help because there is a table in there And just like all of our publications, we break the state up into North, Central, and South. Oh, perfect. 
it's a little tricky for us in Central because we can kind of flex either way with some things. But just so everyone knows that that's typically how we break up the state. And so in the vegetable gardening guide, you'll see again, vegetables listed, north, central, south. And then um, there'll be a block of time, January through March or whatever it is, where it's a good time to plant, you know, beans in North Florida. And you'll be able to look across and say, oh, it's fairly similar, north, central, and south. Usually it just pushes out a, a month or two on either end, right? But it's not so specific as to where you are exactly, but, you know, it's definitely more related to the weather and climate and that, and that sort of thing. Right. So you'll, you'll find that that is, is, um, you know, pretty accurate. And then for most of us in the entire state, you know, in the summer months, it's going to be hot and humid everywhere. So looking to more, more like tropical vegetables and things like that um, is also an option rather than the standard, you know, okra, beans, that sort of thing. Mm, okay. And I know a lot of people, once they start their garden, they get really excited. And then, you know, it, it's it's the tending to the garden <laughs> that makes the biggest difference, I think. And like you mentioned earlier, keeping an eye out and actually looking at your plants, seeing how they're growing, seeing if there's any signs that something might be off. Are there other important considerations to keep in mind when someone begins their own spring garden? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would just, again, encourage people to start small. Most people, when they start a vegetable garden, don't think that way, though. They think, I'm going to build, you know, six raised beds and have this garden <laughs> and, and that sort of thing. Um, and then you see kind of how much time um, is needed on a vegetable garden. It's definitely more high maintenance than having you know, a backyard of, of Florida-friendly plants or native plants or something like that. So you do need to realize, I'm going to have to put in a little bit of time if I want to have a successful garden or just realize that maybe it's not for me or maybe I need to just have a small container of, of you know, one pepper, <laughs> that sort of thing. Right. So starting small will really kind of help you realize, okay, I really like this and I'm willing to spend a little more time or this is all I can handle for now. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's great to learn, like considering the the resources you mentioned, to learn about the plants that actually grow really well in this state. And especially during the hot months in the spring and the summer, because for instance, I just learned through our, uh, we have a project um, called the Florida Heritage Foods Program. And I found out through there that one of the Middle Eastern crops that I am very familiar with called lachiye is actually grown, can be grown in the state of Florida, um, especially during the hot uh, months. And it's very similar to like a spinach um, type of vegetable. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of fun to know what vegetables and fruits are prone to growing well in your area and just, you know, having them in your own backyard. So I think that that's a really powerful tool for folks to have listening. And so thank you for mentioning some of those resources. We'll definitely be sharing those on our podcast page. So everyone listening, make sure to um, check out those links for the resources that Anne mentioned today. Are there any other resources, Anne, that you want to share with our folks listening today? Yeah, I mean, I again, the, the Florida Vegetable Gardening Guide is is super important. And then 
we do have a website called Gardening Solutions, um, where there's even more <laughs> information. Uh, you can kind of filter through that by edible plants, lawn, landscape, that sort of thing. But there is a Florida a Florida vegetable gardening series on there, and it talks about all kind of all of these things we touched on today in more detail. So like selecting vegetables for your garden, designing your vegetable garden, um, starting from seed, how to mulch your vegetable garden, all of those sorts of things are there. So it can really walk someone through uh, step by step. And also, you know, I would always, again, um, encourage a resident to reach out to their local extension service and say, hey, I want to start a vegetable garden, never done it here before. And can you help me get started? Can you give me a suggestion? Maybe they have a workshop coming up that you could attend um, that can kind of help you get started as well. Oh, perfect. Yes, that's a really great resource to know about. Are there any upcoming events that UF IFAS has in regards to gardening that are going on? So if you're looking for statewide uh, workshops, that can also be found on Gardening Solutions. All of that is there. Um, trying to think of what it is called. I'll be able to find the link there, but every extension office usually has their own workshops, but it's sort of compiled into one long list at the state level. So again, reach out locally. That's your best bet. Perfect. Okay. Well, we'll make sure to do that and provide that information for our listeners. And it was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for giving us all the insight for gardening and everything you need to know about putting a garden together. I know I'll be putting this information to use as soon as today and hope our listeners will be inspired to start their own vegetable garden if they haven't already. And to all of our listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in to Fresh Take. We love having you listen, provide feedback, and hope you continue to join us for upcoming topics, learn from our experts, and simply enjoy the conversation. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Florida Organic Growers is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So to keep our content available and free to the public, we need your help. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen, and consider making a tax-deductible donation or become a sponsor. Learn more about our work and how you can become a sponsor from our website, www.foginfo.org.